this is Jen, and you're listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast. These bite-sized episodes are designed to get you up to speed and comfortable with Mage the Ascension rules and concepts. We read the books so you don't have to, though we do recommend it. Without further ado, welcome to Paradox. Hello, and welcome back for this very special episode of Paradox. Those of you on the Dork Tales Discord server will know that I was struck by some paradox of my own over the past couple of weeks, and the audio I recorded with Kelly for episode 5 was unfortunately unusable. I've also been sick this week, which has limited my cognitive abilities. So, therefore, I will be re-recording that episode with Kelly, and instead I promised that this week I would edit and publish the Seeking that I ran for Tegan, Robin's character in the Technocracy Zero-Sum game that I run for Dork Tales. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Mage, Seekings are basically little miniature quests that your avatar, your magical soul, puts you through in order to level up, or, in other words, gain a point of erite. As a storyteller, you don't have to run them. You can just have players spend XP and gain erite but I personally find them an extremely important and enjoyable part of the mage experience. However, that's for mages. Technocrats, being more scientific and logic-based, don't really do seekings. They have mediations, or epiphanies, instead. I've seen it called both. Basically, they're supposed to be more like flashes of genius instead of fully mystical vision quests. Of course, due to my own habits, I will likely always refer to them as Seekings, regardless of the affiliation of the character. That's on me. I definitely took a few liberties with Tegan Seeking, despite her being a technocrat, mostly because of the nature of the plot of this particular chronicle, but also because it's the format I am more familiar with, and this was my first time running a Seeking myself, though I have had several run for me in the past. As only episode zero of Technocracy Zero Sum has been released to the public at the time of this podcast recording, there may be some minor edits made to the original in order to prevent spoiling the chronicle, including whether or not she passes her seeking and gains a new point of enlightenment. Due to this, there may be some odd enunciation or tones where sentences had to be adjusted during editing. I may update the podcast later once we've published the point in the chronicle where the seeking occurs, but it will depend on my own availability and how much is cut. With that being said, please enjoy this special bonus episode of Paradox, and come back next time for Episode 5. So Tegan's heading to bed. That's where we left game last time, was this finally being able to go rest after the excitement of the last probably 24, 28 hours. Oh god, yeah. What would Tegan be doing to like wind down after everything to kind of get into, okay, I'm going to sleep now? Oh boy, that's a... Yeah, Tegan's had her mind messed with a bit. (laughs) Honestly, I think she's going to start working on, 
like her arm and some tech and she's gonna like go through some like basic diagnostics and a little tweaking seeing if she can like you know fiddle with some screws and a little bit of programming and see if things can be operating a little bit smoother i think she's just gonna go to like basic basic ideas like of what she's mm-hmm. used to training for and used to like maintenance to kind of bring a bit of that normalcy back into what she's used to because everything else has been so absolutely bonkers that uh, this this routine is the only thing that she's kind of like okay this can ground me right yeah almost like a meditation yeah almost going through the steps that you're used to mm-hmm. cool so tegan works through these diagnostics and you can feel your heart rate kind of slowing down you're getting a little restful just here in this space finally you reach a point where you're like i think i can sleep now and you put aside your stuff and you head to bed despite all of the work you just put into calming yourself down your mind apparently has a few other ideas because you wake up in what you recognize as a dream you've had before something feels little different this time but this is a place you've been before and you do have this vague idea that you did just go to sleep so this is probably a dream Mm. you open your eyes to just black stars kind of above you and as your eyes kind of take in the the ambient light it starts to make out the shapes of trees And a soft breeze comes through where you're lying on the ground on dirt and leaves. You can smell pine, pine needles. And that familiar fear starts to build in your stomach that you're back in the forest. As you realize this and come to a little more and you look at yourself, you are... Completely naked, Mm. without any of your tech. I think that's the more terrifying thing about than being naked. I think being without tech is the more terrifying thing. Yeah. And given that you don't have a mirror and can't really look at yourself, but you can kind of feel your body, you think you're about 19 again. Mm. You think this is sort of... It's it's a weird nightmare mixture of reliving what actually happened to you. Yeah. And being naked at school nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just the, the best of like everything. It's the perfect nightmare. Absolutely it is. Oh man, I've had those dreams <laughs> in real life. It's terrible. So this fear, this this acknowledgement of where you are, what you think might be about to happen, mm-hmm. kind of builds in in the pit of your stomach and the dark starts to creep in around you and you think you can hear this low growl from somewhere in the darkness beyond the trees what do you do oh boy is it coming from a particular direction like it's coming kind of ominously as it sounds like behind me or in front of me or to a specific side at all you focus on it for a moment and while the acoustics of this place initially made it seem like it's coming from more around you 
from kind of all directions, you'd think that the loudest part of it is behind you. Okay. What would I do? (laughs) I think Tegan, knowing that this is going to happen, is going to try and very quietly try and survey where she is and see what could be of of use she's gonna try and slowly start backing away to try and keep an eye and her like ears kind of focused on where the sound is and at the same time trying to just see if she can find like a cave or rocks or somewhere where she can use her small figure to her advantage versus what is hunting her okay what is tegan sort of what's running through her mind right now is it like a sense of get away keep moving don't let it get you in the back kind of thoughts or or what i I think she's she's trying to put a little bit of her training that she's had obviously this dream is back before she joined the technocracy but she's trying to be like okay all right you have this panic okay what have you learned that you can apply to this situation that you can change the outcome and i think it's like yes don't let your enemy ever get an advantage on you by like turning your back to them uh if you are smaller use what you can to try and gain any extra leverage that you have so i think she's almost trying to go through the basic training of what she's learned to be like okay we've done this we've lived this nightmare i've done this so many times what can i do to change this this time something's different i don't dream of myself naked usually in this situation what is different what can i do is kind of that and also just trying to not panic because i think there's a lot of a lot of panic that's rising in her at this that's fair at first as you kind of turn to face the sound so that it's no longer behind you there's this weird sensation of the sound turning with you so that it continues to be behind you. But as you kind of walk your brain through the steps in your training, the things you need to keep in mind, not turning your back on your enemy, basically, mm-hmm. the sound doesn't dissipate so much as spread out so it's no longer directly behind you and you can't quite tell what direction it's coming from Mm. it's also it's also like a continuous hum almost now it's not mechanical but well it could be mechanical but it's definitely like not a natural growling anymore Hmm. as it's kind of spreads yeah Okay, so then Tegan's like thinking in her head again. Okay, this is different. What, what does it mean? Technology? Is this something, something I can deal with? I had tech, but I don't have anything on me right now that could defend me. Am I supposed to face this? Am I supposed to not face this? What is Tegan's general perception uh, score? My perception is three. Okay. Please continue. Um, so I think she's trying to figure out this puzzle. And I think she's 
wondering instead of running if this is supposed to be almost facing down this unknown entity that is just she's like is this my mind trying to tell me this is something different is using the same thing but it's different and she's like thinking in her head like is keep fucking with me like did he somehow do this <laughs> she's like that damn cat <laughs> as you're thinking about that and, and you're kind of you're still moving, looking for stuff to mm-hmm. help you, basically. Yeah. And as you're running through the the potential possibilities and still feeling that innate panic um, building, because, I mean, you have a flaw for this. It's, you know, mm-hmm. you don't like no. being here. <laughs> no, I don't. This is the like one of the worst things I can imagine for myself right now. Yeah. You back up and your foot touches something cold and hard and you look down and past a thin layer of dirt and like a couple of leaves is something reflecting in kind of the starry moonlight it looks like stainless steel she'll uh kneel down on the ground and again very kind of is the is the growling getting any louder? Does it sound like she can't quite pinpoint where it's coming from, but is it sounding any louder at the at the moment? As Tegan crouches down, it does actually start to get louder and it's starting to move like it had spread from kind of the, the point behind her. It's moving mm-hmm. around to in front of her mm. and it's getting louder at that point as you kind of reach down to touch whatever's on the ground. If she gets back up the grabbing it, does it go away? No. Okay. She'll reach back down and grab it. (laughs) You reach back down and realize you can't actually pick anything up because it's actually floor under this thing. And and as you kind of are still like paying attention to where your enemy Mm -hmm. is, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not directly this is why it's you weren't quite sure what it was because yeah. you're like i can't just look at it yeah exactly it's like no <laughs> yeah you move your hand around and it feels like almost like a five foot by five foot square path that might be moving back behind you some matrix shit through the woods Where's the red, where's the blue pill, red pill? I forget which one I'm supposed to be eating at the moment, but where's the one that gets me out of here? She's mumbling to herself. <laughs> okay. This is a floor? Is it just a... She's going to start backing up. Again, going from like, going back from where she came from almost. Away from the path? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you head kind of away from the path. Are you, like you said, backing up. So are you turning to face the path and then moving backwards away from it that way? Yeah, like I think she's going to like face it and then just kind of head off like east into the wilderness, I guess. At this point, the place that she does not want to go, but she's like, what the fuck is going on right now? Okay, you head off into the actual wilderness part. As you 
kind of walk into that area of the woods. The growling, humming, weird sound seems to be staying where it was, kind of on the edge of that clearing that you were in. And the way you're moving, you're kind of moving not quite perpendicular, but like at a 45 degree angle to where the Mm -hmm. path seemed to be going. Yeah. And as you glance over in that direction, you can kind of see like fluorescent lights over there and darkness the way you're going. I think she's thinking, she's like, okay, my dream is wanting me to do something. And I think I'm going away from what I'm supposed to do and what I'm supposed to face. I think this is not the point. I don't think running away is supposed to be the point of this. Because that's what I did, and that's where I ended up in the situation. So, if it's staying, not following, I think she will go towards... Go towards the light. Yeah, okay. Because she's like, okay, I think I have to face this. I think I can't run away and hide in the woods forever, because I will just not survive. Okay. You have to face this, whether or not this is facing death, or facing change, or facing your fear she's like okay i'm gonna have to face this this is i think my brain's telling me i need to go this way so she will resume back onto the path to face the terrible growling noise that she has nightmares about okay you head down this this path and as you do the the dirt starts to clear and it is just stainless steel flooring in the middle of these woods and you pass by this sign that given what you were just thinking seems a little on the nose and you're kind of like oh oh, i i see what's happening here (laughs) because the sign says predator or prey and it's written it's written like a storefront sign like a medieval little store sign (laughs) and you can see where the fluorescent light has gotten brighter there's like a lab counter like all stainless steel lab counter Mm -hmm. and a young man that you recognize as as Maxwell is standing behind this counter. You remember him at, with a prosthetic leg, but here he also has a prosthetic arm and what looks to be a uh, fake eye as well. He's standing at this counter with all of these gadgets on top of it, and like an npc in a video game as you kind of uh, like get close enough to activate his his area of effect yeah yeah yep, um, yep, the little triangle view yeah yeah he goes how can i help you today as he's like polishing one of the pieces um can i have some of that you can have whatever you'd like um but it's going to cost you i don't have any money what what can I what can I give you? Oh, that's that's fine. We don't deal with money here anyway. But it depends on what you would like. For instance, if you would like and he holds up the, the prosthetic arm that he's polishing, he's like mm-hmm. an arm for an arm, a leg for a leg. Or maybe a memory would do, if you could give us something we like. Or maybe a loved one. Choice is yours. Um, I mean, I like my stuff back. Um, I guess maybe it's not my stuff yet, but I'd at least like an eye and an arm. That's what I'm used to. Let's see, let's see. 
Mm. Ah, here. And he reaches in and pulls out a um, an eye that looks like one you're familiar with. Yeah, that'll do. What would you like to offer in exchange? Um, I mean, an eye for an eye. Very well. He will hold out the eye for you to grab. Yep. And then he looks at you and goes, Hmm. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Catch a tiger by the toe. Hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. And his arm reaches out and grabs the eye out of its socket and rips it out of your head. Ah! Oh my fuck! Oh, oh, ah! Painkillers! Any sort of painkillers! Oh my god! Fuck! You requested an eye, not painkillers. Um, yeah, I'll give you the memory of those fucking pain for those painkillers. If you put the other eye in, it will stop. Okay, oh, she'll grab the eye and then just quickly pop it in her socket. And your usual neurons and, and eye bits kind of reconnect and the pain vanishes. Oh, oh, you just did that for fun. You get that familiar, that familiar whirring mm. sensation of your mechanical eye back. And he's looking around the counter. Do you still want the arm? Will it go away? Will the pain go away like it did with the eye? Probably. (sighs) Probably. I also don't have to take your arm. If you'd like to offer something or someone else. And he'll pull out a familiar looking arm. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know if I could trade someone's life for my arm. I don't think my arm's worth that. But uh, you said memory, right? Yes. I would offer up the memory of my first year of university with my best friend before we, before I got away and became who I am. Really good memories with them. Acceptable. And he just reaches out a hand, and it doesn't hurt, but that memory is erased from your mind, and there's just a gap there. Weird. I know something should be there, but it's just not there. And your arm shimmers and shifts, and without any pain at all, the prosthetic one merges into your body. Cool. Do you have anything else? We have a wide selection. What would you desire? I mean, I want to become basically a robot. Cyborg. Cybernetic android. Perfect master of human and... (sighs) Cyborg. That'd be the best thing I take on this creature. Can't hurt me if I'm metal. Or mostly metal. But is my brain telling me that? Am I supposed to do that? Am I supposed to change myself for this? Or face a fears as I was? Or as I am? Or should I have just been naked? Do you have clothes? We do have clothes. And he'll reach out, reach under the, the counter and pull out a box. It looks kind of like a lost and found box of just like <laughs> a bunch of random pieces of clothing in there. And he will Amazing. hand you the box. 
That's free of charge. Oh, sweet. Uh, Tegan's going to just, like, find a shirt, pants, and shoes, yeah. and just, like, that are all relatively, like, close to her size, and, and just put stuff on. All right, I feel a little bit more protected from the elements now. Um, <sighs> The shirt you find is about three sizes too big, but at least it's not falling off your shoulders. Like, the for some reason, yeah. the neck hole's pretty small, but the rest of it's huge, so. No. Everything else you find fits relatively closely. Cool. It's at least cool. not proving a hindrance. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's waiting for me? Beyond? I suppose it's something you're afraid of or maybe it's something you need to face but who am i but a lowly shopkeep here at predator and prey or prey he actually says that that is yeah, not a... yeah yeah i'm so torn if i want to improve myself more like i'd want like ideally that's what i want to be but am i supposed to face it as i am now seems like that'd be a mission my brain would want to put but also getting souped up like the Terminator, really good Mark 10 would be great. But that is cheating. Yet. <sighs> Thank you so much for your services. You are a wonderful shopkeep. I promise to give you a five-star review on Yelp or whatever you need. If you are sure I can't tempt you further. No, I think I'm okay. I think I need to do this. As me. But, uh, you do... You sell, you, you, you sell it well. You're a good upsell. I will give you that. I'm very tempted, but I feel like I'm not supposed to. Whatever this is. Should you ever wish to return? And he'll snap his fingers and the light will go out and you are in complete darkness. But you have your arm, you have your eye, and you have clothes. Yep. <laughs> Yay! We're, we're steps in the right direction. As you realize that no longer is the stainless steel under your feet, as well it is just dirt mm. and ground the growl becomes louder and it is right mm. behind you i think tian's going to just tense and she's going to she is going to swallow every inch of Every inch of her that's screaming to run away, she's going to be like, you're not supposed to run away. You can't, you can't outrun this thing. You have the things you have now. Gotta fight it. And she's going to tense her muscles and get her arm ready. And she's just going to be ready to like, basically swing out at where she would potentially guess like a muzzle would be right behind her. She's going to kind of just be like, okay. You're gonna fight. You're not gonna flight. It's a fight time. And she's just gonna, like, whip around and, and, like, just be ready to throw hands. Tegan whips around, moving faster than she probably would in, in real life. There's very few physics here. <laughs> um, <laughs> enough to keep you on the ground, basically, but... Yep. You spin and your arm whips out into this hook. The image of it was a cougar that yeah. yeah. The image of that cougar is so etched in your mind that you know exactly where it's supposed to be. And as you whip around with that hook, you don't make contact 
with a muzzle. Instead, a hand grabs yours and stops your your fist mid mid spin, and you're looking up into a completely metal suit is what it looks like and it's a completely flat blank faceplate kind of thing Mm. there's no eye holes or anything Mm. but it breaks and opens and you're staring up into your own face huh and you realize that it's not a suit that she's wearing it's just her body hi um you this is this is us what what i want theoretically theoretically why were you hunting me i needed to see if you were willing to change You've been listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast, and you can find us wherever you can find podcasts. If actual plays are up your alley, check out Dorktales on twitch.tv dorktales or youtube.com dorktales or find us on the Dorktales Discord server. We are currently streaming a Mage the Victorian era game on Saturdays. Our Patreon subscribers have early access to a Technocracy zero-sum game which I run on the first Sunday of the month, but which will be premiering on YouTube for the general public soon. And we have several mage one-shots and a short-run chronicle called Breaking Tradition on YouTube. Plus all of our other amazing content. Thanks for listening, and remember to always keep your magic coincidental, unless it's Fireball. Fireball.